Are you interested in simple steps to heal the root cause of your health issues? Whether it's anxiety, depression, insomnia, weight gain, hormonal issues, digestive issues, or any difficult to treat condition? Welcome to Heal Your Body, Cure Your Mind, where you'll get most of the answers for your health concerns and benefit from the latest techniques in naturopathic medicine, functional medicine, and psychotherapy to heal your mind and body together. As a naturopathic doctor, psychotherapist, and best-selling author, I've also created a free ebook and online course for you at drameet.com. That's D-R-A-M-E-E-T.com, where you'll get tons of tips to heal your mind, your body, your emotions, your gut, your liver, inflammation, and other things that go wrong in your body. Without further ado, with lots of love to your beautiful heart, here's your podcast for this week. Welcome back to the Reverse Autoimmune Disease Summit Series, everybody. This is, of course, the fourth of this series. We're working on, remember, the four corners of reversing autoimmune disease and solving your puzzle. Genetics is one. Your gut is another. Toxic burden is another. And past trauma is the fourth. We're working on that toxic burden on this one with the Autoimmune Detox Summit. And I'm really excited to bring a new friend and colleague to you. We've just been talking for the last half an hour, and I just absolutely love this man and his work. So this is Dr. Amit. He was voted one of the top 43 naturopathic doctors worldwide. And he's helped thousands of people around the world heal from trauma, anxiety, depression, and chronic disease by combining naturopathic and functional medicine, gestalt psychotherapy, family constellation therapy, EMDR, and homeopathy. His website is dramit.com. His best-selling book, Heal Your Body, Cure Your Mind, online therapy sessions and online courses on dramit.com have helped thousands of people heal their mind and body together with emotional release techniques and holistic medicine. He also treats poor communities of children living with disabilities in Kenya through his charitable work and sales of his book and online course. It is so great to have you here, Dr. Amit. Thank you, Keisha. It's a pleasure as well. Greetings from Kenya, everyone. I I actually skipped over the URL, and I want to make sure that I have it because it uh, it's not as easy as drameet.com. But if you can just for a second talk about the, it's um, www.fimafrica.org. What is this? Yeah, so the, right. The main website is drameet.com. That's drameet.com. And then the charity work I do is fimafrica.org, F-I-M-A-F-R-I-C-A.org. And that's, um, so the sales of the book and the online course helped me do that community work that you'll see. Mm, That's beautiful. I've been to Kenya a few times doing trauma retreats there, and that's a big need there. And I I just really, of course, it just goes in line with what I've coming to know about you. So that's really beautiful. We talked a little bit before I started recording uh, us in our interview about land trauma, you know, and um, since you're doing this kind of work in Kenya, we were saying sometimes we don't even notice when there's trauma on the land that we're living on, Um, Mm -hmm. but this, this sort of energy system, what, what would you identify in Kenya as being you know, some of this, this trauma that can affect health, because then I'm going to talk about how stress and trauma affect your health. But Mm. I think sometimes like, you know, 
in Ayurvedic medicine and the Vedas, they said, um, if you want to know the health of your community, look to the frogs. And then we also have the saying about a frog in boiling water doesn't realize until it's too late, right? What, what, what is the trauma of land, country, people, do you think, and how that's affecting each of us? Mm-hmm. So there's a history to Kenya of colonialism. And in that, of course, there's multiple layers. One is the resentment towards the colonial. Then there's the violence that took place when the Mau Mau fought with the colonials. So there is the history of violence on the land and fighting for your rights. Um, so there's a lot of bloodshed on the land. And that violence seems to permeate the ether um, for generations to come. You know, we, we see conflict with the land. We see politicians basically inciting the communities to get violent with the farmers. We see resentment and hurt from the Maasai community and local African populations against the colonial farmer for still hanging on to the land. And there's no right or wrong, I guess. Everyone feels that they're entitled to their feelings. Um, unfortunately, though, we, we do see it come across sometimes with a bit of bloodshed or strange episodes, right? Strange occurrences. For example, a lot of poaching on the land as well, killing off the elephants or death by poisonous snakes, like you were telling me, mm. yeah? And, or being killed by an animal. There, there is that vibration of fragility of life, yeah? That's still resonating through the generations. And I'm curious what the initial trauma was that manifested a, a pattern of co- continuous violence and deceit and just sense of unsafety for people over time. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not saying all of Kenya is like that, um, but there seems to be patterns in certain systems. Well, I was pointing to it because in the United States, this is burbling up to the top yet again. You know, like our racism, our violence that has happened on our land in the U.S. has not ever been healed. And so when mm-hmm. things don't get healed, they burble up to the top. And, mm-hmm. you know, in Ayurvedic medicine, they say we are the microcosm of the macrocosm, right? And so mm-hmm. we can take that not actually healing what's underneath the root. And then that burbling up to the top and and seeing social unrest and destruction and violence. And then we can take that to our own bodies and watch that's what's happening in autoimmune disease. This is the exact thing that happens inside of us, right? How does stress and trauma affect our health? Yeah, good call there. So whether it's generational stress, family stress, or your own stress in life, that will trigger a stress response in your body, right? The fight or flight response, which then stimulates your adrenal glands to be hyperactive, to produce adrenaline and excessive cortisol. Now, the thing is perpetual stress, it just doesn't switch your body off. Your body never gets to rest. And ideally your adrenal glands are meant to be active for 20 minutes at a time maximum, take a break and then get 20 minutes of overactivity or activity again. That's how we evolved yeah, as primitive beings. Mm-hmm. We hunt for 20 minutes, we eat or we rest, take a break, etc. In modern day world, that stress doesn't switch off, number one. Right. I was laughing because the ideally part 
we, we yeah. just are not doing, we don't do that. <laughs> no, there's, there's different demands and callings from either spirit or from society or from corporations. I'm not sure which one yet, <laughs> or maybe it's all a mix. Or karma. And, or, <laughs> or karma yeah. and duty and dharma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens is when you have prolonged um, elevated levels of cortisol and adrenaline in your body, then tissue damage occurs, one. Number two, your neurotransmitters go off balance. So when you have excessive cortisol, for example, serotonin, dopamine, melatonin, GABA, all these brain chemicals start dropping. So you experience more anxiety and depression, which leads to overeating and binge eating and food cravings, which eventually then damages your intestine. And we all know that your gut is the seat of your health and a permeable gut or a leaky gut, a damaged gut is often a trigger for autoimmune conditions. The other thing with elevated cortisol levels is you suppress your thyroid hormones, your active T3. And T3 is very important to help keep your cell junctions tight, yeah, strong in your intestines and all your cells. Um, T3 is very important for all your cells to, cells to function well. Now imagine you have elevated cortisol levels, then different chemical signals are sent into your intestines and the cells in your intestines don't stick well together. So you get a worsening of leaky gut. What does that mean? More toxins then leak into your bloodstream, cause more inflammation throughout your body, triggering an immune response. Yeah. And it aggravates all the immune cells lining your gut. Yeah. The gut associated lymphatic tissue that's irritated. Yeah. That triggers also a hyperimmune response. And the theory is that some of the particles that we eat and the protein molecules that trigger uh, your an immune reaction, those particles mimic parts of our body sometimes. So the antibodies we create to these particles become antibodies to our cells as well, our own cells, leading to autoimmune. That's one of the theories around autoimmune. And then there's a whole cascade of events that happen. With leaky gut, you have chronic inflammation and chronic toxicity. All this toxicity goes to the liver, the master organ in Chinese medicine. And I'll talk about more how to heal your liver. But first, I'll explain why the liver is the seed of your health. Your liver produces bile, this beautiful juice that helps with digestion. Now, with chronic inflammation and excessive toxicity, your liver becomes what we call stagnant. It produces less bile. With less bile, you get more indigestion, heartburn, gas, bloating, constipation, a worsening of leaky gut. And because your liver is meant to detoxify everything and it gets backed up, you have more toxins in your blood, you get more chronic inflammation. So a worsening of chronic disease. So that's really how stress goes on to worsen leaky gut by worsening cortisol levels and that leaky gut then leads to more chronic inflammation and more liver stagnation, which then leads to a vicious cycle of hyperpermeability in your intestinal membrane. And then when we're reaching, you know, again, like Ayurvedic medicine talks about these six tastes, right? These six tastes mm -hmm. that we have. And if we find that our, if, we're, if we don't have enough emotional mastery, then oftentimes if we find that life itself is more, bitter or pungent or, you know, or sad, it's so salty, 
and mm. we're having a lot of that, then we reach for sweet to try and balance. And so then mm. we'll reach for sweet through food to try and balance the emotional system. And mm. that's, you know, the wise mind of a child finds grounding in that too. But when you get into adulthood, this can also begin to cause insulin resistance and that extra sugar, where does that go? When mm. someone's insulin resistant, they're eating sugar, it can't get into the cell, then what? Yeah, we get weight gain, then we get oxidative damage as well, happening in the blood vessels. So suddenly now you've got plaque formation going on um, with more insulin resistance, then you get a cortisol imbalance. And that again leads to, of course, anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And with higher deposits of fat in your tissues, you're going to produce more estrogen as well. You're going to go into hormonal imbalance, leading to you know PMS symptoms, or even estrogen, more tendency or a higher risk of estrogen dominant cancers as well. Right. Yeah. And autoimmunity. So and mind is, yeah. And, and it's also being stored, this extra is being stored in the liver again. So this poor liver mm -hmm. has so much to do, right? And I, I, you know, I remember when I, when I was, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I don't know if you ever knew this when mm -hmm. I was 30 and was able to reverse it within about six months. But the thing that I learned immediately when I, I went on PubMed and looked for what else beside methotrexate, right? What I was being mm -hmm. told to do. And, and I, I found an article on yoga and autoimmunity. And so I did my first yoga class and then learned about Ayurveda. And one of the things they talked about was, oh, autoimmune disease is undigested anger. And that mm -hmm. it's actually the liver that is part of the processing of anger too. So this poor liver. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anger, <laughs> resentment, frustration, you know, mm -hmm. um, also a sense of what's called vulnerability. So some people don't feel safe feeling angry. Yeah. See what happens is so in Chinese medicine, um, the liver is connected to the emotions of anger, resentment, impatience, right? right. Um, so if you have a stagnant liver, you'll get more of these emotions. And if you have a lot of these emotions, also you stagnate or harm your liver. Yeah. Now, the thing is why there's a lot of shame around anger is multiple things. Society doesn't accept it. You're shunned. And also as a child, when you are insulted or hurt by a parent, you are, at, you go into an internal conflict because you're hurt by the person who's giving you love and food and life. So it's, it's a conflict of interest in your own mind to aggress against what gives you love in life. Mm -hmm. Right? And so you freeze. You go into a freeze response. So, and you learn to swallow um, just insult out of loyalty and love. And that creates this internal brewing pot, yeah, of just disappointment with yourself because you feel you're failing and not getting what you want. But really, you're, you're, you're not expressing just out of loyalty to the system because you want to belong to a certain society, the society you grew up in. And right, we know so if I we're put on the outside of the firelight circle, the saber-toothed tiger can eat us. Exactly. So exactly. feelings of rejection and betrayal are, are unsafe. So then we get this amygdala kind of looking around all the time. Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I train people to healthily express anger mm -hmm. and also feel the vulnerability and the, the lack of support that leads to the swallowing of anger. You know, that's really the place that needs the most love. Mm. 
I had a conversation with my 30 year old son the other day and he's living in a spiritual community and he said it's a Tibetan uh, Buddhist community. And he said, the teacher called him out on some, on one of his patterns and, and said um, this, cause he's very funny. He used to be a stand-up comedian in Manhattan. So he's, he's very funny okay. and he uses it right? Of course, we all whatever we have as our as our polished front to the world is also the thing hiding the most pain. And so Mm -hmm. he got called out for the first time, um, which I've gently, gently said, you know, (laughs) that might be hiding, you know, (laughs) lack of vulnerability. But he got called out in front of the whole community about using humor as a deflection. Yeah. And, and that, that it's discarding love mm-hmm. and that it's a form of aggression. Mm-hmm. And he called me and he said, mom, and, you know, oh, he said, I know, I know that this has been pointed out to me. I know you've been telling me this, but oh, and then the shame in front of the whole community, right? Yeah. And yeah. then for his teacher to say, no, 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 don't go, don't withdraw, just feel, be with it, feel it. You know, mm-hmm. that, that shame is, that's a parent child thing that's happening right now. And, yeah. you know, you are now 30 and so it's okay, you know, and just like letting him feel safe. And he said he, he was just crying, you know, of, mm-hmm. oh, I can actually be seen without this humor, without this mask and, <sighs> and have it pointed out and be loved and held and supported. Right. Mm-hmm. All of those and. Yeah. And he was just weeping when he was telling me. And so was I. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. You know, because those big moments then are some of the ones I know that you've witnessed, I've witnessed where physical healing occurs then. Yeah. When we right? release emotional pain and trauma, your physiology shifts completely. Shifts. You know, yeah. trauma is stored in our cellular membranes and by expressing anger, vulnerability, and also allowing the shame and other awkward feelings to be to be seen by other people. Right. Yeah. And so these monks are correct because we are programmed to hide these feelings because they came up when boys or girls were attacking us, right. or we were feeling ridiculed or excluded by our peers, or our parents were threatening us. So automatically it's like those emotions that occurred while we were under threat, those emotions also don't become okay to experience. Yeah. And so when a monk says, yes, feel them, you are an adult now, it's okay. And you're people safe. are waiting for you to feel this. Yeah, you're safe. People are waiting to hold you and love you in this place. There's nothing wrong with you as you're feeling these emotions. Boom. Right. Big relief. Big relief and a freeing of body armor, what we call body armor. Right. And then you can take in more love. You can take in more oxygen and your blood actually flows better. And what happens is you actually get less inner conflict. And I believe sometimes autoimmune is attacked against the self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, emotionally as well, the narrative in our mind. And when you feel this freedom, you get this freedom of feeling good about yourself and this shameful feeling. You have less criticism about your own self, about your feelings. And I honestly believe that translates less into biological self-attack as well in terms in the form of autoimmune. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. And I always say that, like, if, if one part of you is attacking the other, there's no winner. Like, 
if you're mm-hmm. at war with you, right? You don't feel yeah. worthy unless you're doing X, Y, or Z. And I always say people, especially I see this with women with autoimmune disease and women have 80% of the autoimmune diseases anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, they have these four P's in place. They have perfectionism, people pleasing, the poison of past pain. And usually in the Ayurvedic spectrum, they have a lot of Pitta and Mm -hmm. it's that, that Pitta, right? What you just pointed to in Chinese medicine, what damages the liver, right? Is that irritation Mm -hmm. is that anger and frustration, like these things that's Pitta when it is not mastered, when it's not made friends with, when it's not a collaborative energy inside of the body, but one that's turned here and here, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so that fire, then it's inflammation. It burns yeah. you up. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. It, it completely burns you up. And what, unfortunately we do that to mimic our parents and our society, right? Because if you're not supported as a young child, you blame yourself for something that goes wrong. Yeah. Or if parents are criticizing you, then before you're criticized by another person, you kind of control yourself with criticism, almost to fit in that box that you grew up with. Not knowing that that continuous narrative of criticism is actually harming your biology. Yeah. And then it's causing more and more contraction in your liver. And anything that stagnates for a while bubbles and brews and creates more heat, which is the pitta you're talking about. Right. Yeah. So I guess what I want to remind people is um, in healthy ways, giving back the voice of the parents back to the parents and the ancestors and to society in, in the right way when you're feeling ready to do that. Mm-hmm. Knowing that the language you use upon yourself, you were not born with it. And you're just trying to fit in and belong. Yeah. And receive love by mimicking what maybe a harmful parent did to you. And that you will be loved and received by loving people, even if you let that narrative go once in a while. And I use the word once in a while on purpose. Because if I just say, let it go, then you have this internal pressure. Gosh, I need to fix this and I let it go. If you, if you allow yourself to entertain the thought of once in a while, yeah, I can let it go once in a while. You're not forced to let it go all the time. So it's more achievable to let it go, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you give yourself permission to try it a bit and, let, and stop trying. That's where the once in a while can be really relieving for somebody's internal struggle for peace. I like to work a lot with internal family systems. And it's like what you're saying, the the trying it just once right and then letting the little one that's so nervous about that recognize that she or he is safe like oh okay and then i don't need my protector to be out here anymore and having this energy wall and barrier that you know is the thing that i present oh okay and then the next time you try it right oh and so the little at a time makes it so that that one can learn to trust that you are there, you are safe, and you're going to hold her or his hand. And that mm-hmm. protector that has been holding up all the barriers to the world so that you don't see yourself and no one else does either, you know, that energy can start to relax. And when I started learning that, oh, so much energy I put up of perfectionism, you know, I was such a, I was a good perfectionist really perfect at perfectionism. <laughs> perfect perfectionist. 
had perfected perfectionism, you know, and when that, that amount of energy and people pleasing, you know, when I started really learning to relax that and go, there's so much energy available, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. much energy available. That was this wall. It keeps a, it's a lot of energy to keep it going, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't, and we don't realize we're using that energy. Keisha, right. Right. We yeah. think it's normal. We think it's the normal way of existing out there right. with this chronic smile. Right. And it's like a pain inside our, our nervous system. Mm. And the benefit of realizing that we're using energy then gives us the choice not to give it so much energy. Right. You know? So noticing that it's using energy means I'm actually, it's an active process, meaning I'm making a lot of effort into pleasing people. Mm-hmm. I'm making I'm putting a lot of effort into smiling. It's not that I'm stuck in a smile because out of fear. It's I'm I'm using my fear to smile more. And when you get that paradigm shift, suddenly you 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 let go, right, of the chronic habit that you've been putting energy into, because you get a sense of the act you're doing, and it's not necessary anymore as an adult, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And then it frees up some energy for your mitochondria to use for your liver detoxification, for your lymphatic system to go ahead and start the drainage process. Because, you know, you, you have freed up so much tension and energy mm-hmm. that now mm-hmm. your body can enlist in doing its functions. You know, your Absolutely. body's not betraying you when you have autoimmune disease. It's not. It's, no. it's been robbing Peter to pay Paul for a really long time. <laughs> and when you, when you put some more energy in the bank account, it goes, thank you. You know, yeah. I'll, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I fully agree. And then when we release that, when we stop using that energy, also what happens is the adrenal glands stop going into fight or flight right. as well. So then we have a lot more energy for the mitochondria mm-hmm. and your cortisol levels normalize. Mm-hmm. Right. And when your stress response and the cortisol levels normalize, leaky gut gets better right. you heal your gut and there's less irritation on your immune cells in, in your that are lining your intestinal wall right mm-hmm. so you get less triggers for inflammation so yeah mind and body healing are, are super super important not just and i do want to speak to the ones who don't just have fight or flight but the ones that freeze because i know a lot of women freeze they, they don't ever experience fight or flee, right? They mm-hmm. actually experience freeze. And the same exact process is happening in the body with freeze. You're not, mm-hmm. your cortisol is still pumping out, right? Yep. When you're frozen to keep mm-hmm. you alive in that frozen space. And so that's, that's another aspect. I know that sometimes women don't identify, well, I'm not trying to flee. I'm not, you know, they're just frozen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also men, I, as a man, I know I frozen a lot because I grew up in boarding school and mm. I had no power to stand up for myself. So the safest thing was to freeze. Yeah. yeah? I think for all children, and the safest thing is to freeze. You can't, like you said, aggress the, the one that's harming you if they're a big person and you're a little person. Mm-hmm. So it's I think the clear. most that we do is freeze, right? Yeah, the, yeah exactly. You, you put it right. The most that we mm-hmm. do is freeze a lot of frozen parts in us. Mm-hmm. And from my studies in psych- psychotherapy, gestalt, uh, emotional release, etc., what I find helpful to undo that freeze response is actually experimenting with aggression and, and fleeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so either hitting a mattress or growling, I'll get my clients to stick their jaw out like that, 
and just swear or just growl or shout, um, dislodging the nervous system. Yeah. And then I do the sudden, same thing. We go over to the cliff over here at the island and they can scream out into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I do when I'm at the ocean. Actually, I go underwater so no one can hear me and mm -hmm. I just give it everything. You know? yeah. And you, my body gets so much more energy, right? Because you've let go of that active process of keeping everything inside. And I want to repeat that to everyone, keeping everything inside some you might experience it as a collapse of your energy. I promise you, it's actually an active process that you're doing to rescue yourself. Yeah. And you can slowly, slowly peel yourself away from that active process. Once you get to taste the safety in your outside world. And that's done through, of course, loving and caring environments. Mm -hmm. People will often ask about emotional techniques. Um, to use. We've talked about a couple of them here. Are there any more that you'd like to share when people feel themselves frozen or activated, you know, where there's a tsunami of emotion and they don't know what to do with it? So I, I use EMDR as well, eye movement and desensitization and reprocessing, um, where I'll get them to stay with it, feel the traumatic memory, the, the negative thoughts they have about themselves, the physical sensation in their body and the, the negative emotion or the overwhelm. And when they're connected to all these pieces of information, I'll, I'll either get them to follow my fingers left and right or tap left and right on their collarbones, mm -hmm. which is different from emotional freedom technique, which is tapping on different points. Right. And by doing this, what we call bilateral stimulation, stimulating left, right, either with the eyes or the tapping, what happens is the frontal cortex of the brain uh, begins to fully process all the stored emotions that were stuck in the limbic brain, in your primitive brain, yeah? Creating a safe and deeper release of the stuck emotion. That's one technique I use. I use havening technique as well, um, which is an upcoming therapy where the client, I'll ask the client to basically rub up and down certain energetic points. We start with the arms up and down and ask them to imagine a safe scene, a place of bliss, happiness, comfort. And as they're rubbing and imagining, I'll count from one to 10. And of course I'll feel, energetically I'll feel the words that, um, that I need to also introduce into the meditation or into the guidance. And the thing is, as you count from one to 10, um, the client is supposed to now take, either take a step in the scene or look at something new in the scene. So they're, they're following a safe counting method in a safe environment and being preoccupied with instruction, yeah, of looking for something new. So that kind of distracts them from their frenzy of fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they get preoccupied with looking for safer things in a guided way. So their body experiences love and support, yeah, while stimulating nerve endings that are very closely associated with childhood experiences of love. So that combination as well reduces the stress response in the body. Mm -hmm. I also use homeopathy to release trauma. Um, a lot of it, homeopathic medicines like aconite, ignatia, or um, all of these remedies can actually dispel the traumatic energy from a person's nervous system. And I find getting the right homeopathic remedy 
can save a person, you know, years of therapy because it goes really deep, really fast. Yeah, it encompasses the whole being. And then the last therapy I use is family constellations therapy. Now, family constellations therapy is a very interesting therapy because it's not necessarily only for trauma release. It's for, you know, ways of being, like loyalties that we have towards our ancestors, to the, towards the traumas of our ancestors, towards the traumas of our parents, um, towards the imbalances in our family system that we don't know exist. So we're behaving in a way that is a result, a direct result of the history of your family, you know, the traditions, the, the beliefs, the experiences that were passed on from generation to generation. Unfortunately, this loyalty, these behaviors also contribute towards a freeze response because you're not free to move as your, as your soul, as your authentic being. Yeah, you're committed to either rescuing your mom or your dad or being sad because of a lost child in the system. Yeah, or guarding yourself because of the history of rape, abuse, colonialism, trauma in your family history as well. So you're not dancing as a free soul, you're carrying baggage. And that is actually a frozen response in a way. Mm-hmm. And using healing sentences, certain sentences that, that bring acknowledgement to your soul of what's really happening in your system and separating your parents or ancestral trauma from your inner child, the innocence, yeah, that free spirit, that those sentences disentangle what I call the entanglement, yeah, the, the loyalty towards these traumas. And suddenly the child feels free. You feel free to breathe, to live your life without feeling that you're betraying your ancestors or your tradition. Yeah, because your parents, your ancestors want you to have the fullest life and not carry their baggage. Right. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oops. I don't know if anyone can hear that. That's my husband's alarm in his Hotel California. <laughs> 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 and he's not getting it. <laughs> so. Done and then cut in and out or something. Okay, yeah, sorry. let me just pause this recording for just. A second. I'm still gonna say, gosh, what were we talking about, Keisha? Well, we were so sorry about Hotel California, everybody. No, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so what we were talking about is how. Well, so I work a lot with constellation and internal family systems. It's that it's that microcosm and macrocosm. So if mm. you have something out here with those loyalties, like. I have made an agreement to take care of my mother. Actually, that's one that I did make. I made an agreement to take care of my mother, right? Then then that means if something comes up where my little kid needs to be get some attention and it's in conflict with what my mom needs, then there's going to be a conflict for me internally. And so then that healing has to happen because that agreement that you made as a child isn't, it was the wise mind of the child that made it but it's mm-hmm. not serving the adult, right? Yeah, it's not serving the adult, nor is it empowering the family members. No, not at all. Yeah. Because in a way, the family members then become weakened and they believe in their weakness and their dependency. Right. And um, they never access their strength. You know, when, they, right. when parents see children thriving, parents thrive as well. So you know? true. 
Yeah. And uh, one of the ways to honor your parents, what I found from family constellations therapy is to really live your life. Yeah. And give back to your parents with respect what they need to carry for themselves and ask for their blessings so that you can live and honor the life they have given you with so much love so you can live it fully. Yeah. And then draw in the correct kind of energy from the universe. You don't have to be loyal to drawing in energy only from your family members. Right. That's another mistake people make. Yeah, they're so loyal, they feel they should only belong to that family system. And when you can disentangle yourself from these loyalties, you receive a lot more energy from the sun, from the universe, from other people, mm -hmm. from you know, like-spirited people. And your body heals with that. You feel more energized, less depressed, you know, it's a part of a larger energy field than the one that is just contains your family, which in reality we are. We are part of the entire network, right? That we could even say goes beyond the planetary one that we're on. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when you can expand your awareness and your consciousness, then to that vast of a scope, then so can your cells internally. They can open up too. <laughs> they can let the trash out and they can bring the nutrients in. You know, there can be this expansion in there too, right? Absolutely, because your cells are hungry for it actually. They know? are. Um, yeah. They're actually contracted because they're receiving the same old energy and the same old conflicts right. and the disappointments and all that. They're not breathing well. And you'll feel it in your body, like if your shoulders are slumped forward, you know, mm -hmm. if you have alignment problems, if you, you know, pain in any part in your body, that's, that's just a signal of a contraction. Wow. There's alarms going off all over the place. <laughs> it's a sign. It is a sign. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you're going to edit all this, but good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it's kind of amusing. Everyone needs to know that everything happens and this is how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing is polished. It just happens organically. <laughs> well, Dr. Amit, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom with us. It's just been invaluable. And I, I think like the final analysis that the mind and the body are not separate, right? The mm -hmm. way we try to make it psychology and medicine, two separate mm -hmm. things. Yeah, um, absolutely. not. Yeah. Um, they're together. And if anyone's interested, I have some free videos describing how to heal your gut, your liver, your adrenal glands, Beautiful. and emotional blocks together on that website. That's drameet.com. We'll get a Beautiful. link from you and we'll put okay. it as a free gift for people to go with your, your interview. That would be really fantastic. Thank you. It'll, it'll support my mobile clinics in Kenya then. Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Is there anything that you wish we would have talked about in this, you know, in this discussion that you want to end with? Hmm. The word loyalty is coming up. Loyalty to family members. You know, we're so st stuck or entangled with the grief of other family members. And we believe that sharing their misery or being miserable alongside with them will help the help carry the burden for them but that darkens your energy and it darkens the entire family system mm. yeah so i'm inviting you all to explore the possibility of being your own light and trusting that your light will awaken those around you 
yeah, will lessen the burden of those. So rather than sharing the burden of other people, awaken your light so that they can awaken as well. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, everybody. Until next time, be well. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can go deeper in your healing with amazing remedies and therapies covered in your free online course and ebook on drameet.com. That's D R A M E E T.com. Lots of love and thank you. God bless.